Welcome to CII Podcasts. Very good afternoon to all of you ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining this fireside chat on I have a dream with Mr. Suhail Seth, the founder and MD of Consulate India, but more importantly someone who speaks his mind and he speaks his heart and it's very hard to know whether it's the mind or the heart speaking but i'm sure it's a combination of of both that we will see today uh, i think someone who has gained tremendous understanding knowledge about india through his experience but also carries the 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 heart of what india stands for in the world today and of course we are at a point when the world has seen a crazy pandemic we're in the midst of a war uh you know like situation in the world and at this time we're really discussing what we have achieved as a country at india at 75 as we entered uh, our 75th year of independence but more importantly you know also talk about where we will go over the next 25 years you know will it be you know five sprints of five year plans that will get us across this marathon to 2047 how do we really look at india particularly as a brand and that's something that soel is the master of uh, help us position the various aspects whether it is our development agenda whether it is our technology progress whether it is our economic strength all of that how do we really make sure it all falls together as we move ahead great thanks soel for being here with us and really looking forward to the next hour to to chat with you on different subjects relating to india but really want to capture how you see and what is your dream uh, for india today and for the future so how do you see brand india today and and really you know the journey from independence maybe even pre independence you know where bharat or hindustan as a brand emerged Uh, to what we represent today, and then we'll take it from there. So, welcome and and look forward to hearing your thoughts on that. So, uh, thank you so much. Uh, it's Rajan. Thank you for having me. It's a delight to be at any CI event because I think they marry the cause of nation building along with a lot of cerebral heft, which is what we need uh, in our country. having said that you asked me a very pertinent question that if i were to write a positioning statement for india what would it be i would say that brand india captures and epitomizes the spirit of entrepreneurship and the ability to achieve in spite of all odds and that's an important statement and why would i say that let's pull back a bit and i'm sorry if i turn this into a history come geography come corporate come strategy lesson but it's important michael porter wrote three seminal books competitive advantage competitive strategy and then he wrote competitive strategy among nations in that seminal book he talked about national advantages of countries as brands and he says japan is known for miniaturization remember the walkman germany is known for engineering excellence so he captured each of those sadly many years ago we were defined as a nation of shopkeepers today the topic the theme that you have is i have a dream which brings me back to martin luther king martin luther king in this seminal speech said i have a dream i have a dream when all of us will sit at the table of brotherhood where you and i will eat together and martin luther king at that time was talking about black rights he was talking about equality he was talking about equality of purpose martin luther king was an avowed fan of mahatma gandhi by then our constitution had come into force we were a republic in 1950 we were a republic that guaranteed equality for all we were a republic that was the youngest at that time we are still the world's youngest democracy in a, in a manner of speaking but here's the irony rajan we are the world's youngest democracy we are the world's oldest civilizational legacy how do you marry legacy and how do you marry youth sometimes i believe that we are not citizens of india we are custodians of that legacy a legacy that 3800 years ago defined by manu in manu smriti talks about daan it talked about charity and about giving back way before buffett and gates did it talked about the concept of uh, kutum 
of the universal brotherhood long before uh, Guru Nanak Ji said Ek Onkar, one universe. We were the home not only to teachings in religion, we were home to the teachings in theology. Today, the largest, the largest uh, group in India is Hindus. Hinduism is a way of life. It's not a religion. It's, there are only two where you can't convert to. You can't convert to Zoroastrianism and you can't convert to Hinduism. The difference is Hinduism is a way of life. So we are a complex brand. We're a complex brand because we have used the Chakraview and the Manthan to, to sift out the, the poison and to make the nectar rise high. We've had that civilizational legacy which has allowed us to move ahead. Often I've joked saying India is like the bumblebee. Aerodynamically, the bumblebee can't fly, but the bumblebee doesn't know that, so it flies happily. So in such complexities, it is important to define the brand, not in terms of what we feel, but how are we accepted across the world? There is no question to my mind that we are seen as a young, vibrant democracy. We are also seen as a chaotic democracy. Chaos, without quoting Alvin Toffler, is a very important thing in the corporate world. It is also very important for brands. Brands need to recalibrate, rejuvenate, reinvent, reappear. Countries are no less. Who would have imagined 30 years ago that India would be at the cutting edge of embracing digitization? Here I salute Prime Minister Modi. Who would have imagined 30 years ago that almost 20 of the leading companies in, in America would be headed by people of Indian origin? I don't use the word Indian because I'm coming to that. Brands today are not about national identity. They're about national achievement. The biggest mistake you make is when you define brands across national identity. There is, an, there is a difference between Indianness and being Indian. You must, all your viewers or people who are listening in, must read a brilliant book many years ago written by Pavan Varma called Being Indian, which is a sequel to the great Indian middle class. So when I pull back and analyze, I see a lot of complexities. I see the complexity of a civilization legacy. I see a country where MTV came and from 90% English music shifted to 100% Hindi music. I see a country where McDonald's serves you alu tikki burgers. I also see a country uh, uh, which where a refrigerator has a life of its own even be beyond its, its working life. It's used for storage. So, you know, there are quaint attributes to Indianness which you and I understand because we live here. A lot of people don't. But where have we gone wrong or where are we going wrong? And I don't say wrong in, in a very negative sense. I think I call anything wrong as areas for improvement. Our global communication is very weak. Number two, stupid comments passed by stupid people in public life get a larger amount of amplification because of social media's anonymity and also because of social media's democratic or egalitarian, you know, uh, look and feel. So a lot of people say if someone makes a stupid comment about a community or about beef or about eating or about clothing, the whole world says, oh my God, has India become intolerant? Plus also remember, and I was criticized earlier because the person I was speaking against did not have the intellectual heft to understand what I was saying. India has actually absorbed the best of each culture that has tried to invade, oblique, penetrate, oblique, influence it. We have absorbed from the Mughals, we have absorbed from the British, we have absorbed from individual states, we have done. So we basically are a nation, if I were to define it, India has been a sponge where it has taken the best and it has then crafted it in such a manner where the ownership then becomes uniquely Indian. That to my mind is also a very important attribute of India. So this is what I would say that today India is an exciting place in an exciting age to be in. Where do we go to, to 2047? What do the next 25 years hold? The edifice tells you you know how the building or how the structure will be. And it's very important to go back again into Indian literature and Indian teachings and the Indian classics. Respect for all, inclusiveness with dignity, equality of opportunity are the three pillars on which we have to build today and tomorrow's India. 
Rajan, every country has poverty. Every country. Every society is destined to be unequal. Equality is not a guarantee. Equality is not even God-ordained if you believe in God. Not all men are similar. Not even two men are similar, or women for that matter. Where India suffers and has suffered until Modi came and even Dr. Manmohan Singh uh, did a lot of repair work in that area was we suffered from the impoverishment of opportunities. A Rajan had the opportunity to be educated. A Vaishali had the option to be educated. A Rajan had the option of healthcare, primary healthcare. But there are millions who didn't. What did we do? We deprived our fellow citizens of opportunities. Those opportunities mired them in greater poverty. Those opportunities prevented them from realizing their true potential. Those opportunities came in the way of a unified, unified India with unified strengths. You remember an old thing, a chain is only as strong as its weakest link. So when we talk of an equal society, we have to talk of a society that is equal in providing opportunities. A society will never be equal in the amount of wealth it has or amount of the talent it has or, amount, or in the amount of cerebral heft it has. So I think A, we're in a great place. B, I don't believe in phrases like demographic and all that nonsense. Those are, you know, cliches because there is nothing that you can do with demographic dividend if your youth are unemployed. Of what use is demographic dividend if you can't harness it to create prosperity for the families? If you can't harness it to create a better life? If you can't harness it to provide for greater dignity? If you can't harness it to provide for a more fulfilled life? See, ultimately, we all live for ourselves. There was a Gallup poll done in the United States many years ago, maybe 30, 40 years ago. And when they polled, the order of investment and love was as follows. A, I love myself and my family the most. I'm most invested. Then comes community. Then comes county. Then comes country. But what are we doing for that individual unit? And what Modi has done are two things. And when I say Modi, I'm saying the, the, the mood, the sentiment, the environment that we are in today has allowed us to do two or three things. Number one, India has never been in a better position globally as an admired brand. We were earlier a derided brand. We had derision and not respect. Today, that derision has been replaced with dignity. Number two, people have begun to recognize India's intellectual potential when linked to commerce, whether it is entrepreneurship, whether it's shopkeepers, whether it is e-commerce, whether it's digitization, no matter what it is. Number three, Indians and people outside have begun to recognize the enormous amount of contribution that knowledge can provide. See, Rajan, education is always finite. Your and my education technically stopped when we got our last degrees. But knowledge is unquenchable. Knowledge is never-ending. Knowledge endures. Knowledge also forces you to be both humble and empathetic. Today, we are creating a more humble and empathetic society. Today, more and more Indians are giving back. More and more Indians are helping each other. COVID was a great example where people came out and helped each other. Forget the government, but individuals came out irrespective of caste, creed, religion or gender. That's the India I want to see. My dream is of an India that is inclusive. I have a dream of an India that is resilient. I have a dream of an India that recognizes potential no matter where it emerges from. I have a dream where there is no Bharat and no India. There is either Bharat or India, depending on how you call it. I have a dream where rural India is not looked down upon and urban India is not seen as the aspirational destination. I have a dream when our girls don't have to wait for toilets. I have a dream when our housewives, when our homemakers, when the husbands recognize the contribution of each other to the India that we are. That's the dream I have. And I believe that's the dream that people have of India. So we're in a good place. Outstanding, uh, Surel. I think you touched upon so many different aspects and in your last statements really captured the dream you had. And, and I want to go deeper into that dream and see 
what will enable that dream you know to come true or to become reality uh, over the years as we move forward but you know prior to that you know you mentioned uh, the entire aspect of you know how india has become an admired brand you know you brought in prime minister modi a couple of times in your comments and and i must tell you that there was this interaction in 2008 that cii and you know i as chair of the india 75 council had with him uh, in a meeting which was scheduled for 45 minutes but we spent over 3 hours discussing the vision for you know india at 75 in the new india of 2022 and the way ck pralad you know the inspiration behind this vision and everyone at cii saw it and i must say that at that point you know he bought into every aspect of the points that you have made which also captured as a large part of the india at 75 vision but also challenged us to actually take the vision even even larger right like what you said you know to dream much bigger than what was already there for example you know one of the things that we said was that we should win 10 nobel prizes by the time we get to india 2022 of course his point was that you know and, and he was speaking in, in in hindi while you know ck was communi- you know communicating in english and and i was kind of interpreting the two uh you know between between the two and and he said humko ye ek cheez main nahi manta and and ck kept saying no we're talking about the intellectual prowess that we need to have etc and he said humko aise award sthapna karna chahiye ki jisme log aake hamari award leke jaye you know the the nobel prize should be given out of india for the world to to come and get right and and i think that's the time ck said that's india i fund so essentially you know the the aspirations of the prime minister then you know as chief minister of gujarat and he did mention that delhi aayenge to karenge and from 2014 you know the new india of 2022 goals were set and now we went to the 75th year and we are continuing to do a lot more and now moving towards india at 100 right where we will build upon whatever we have done so far so my question to you is that if we were to take that same thought process further right what you what you have also seen both in terms of how we have become an admired brand you know where do you see us moving right let's not even go india at 100 right in the next say one year right in the next 365 days right what should we be doing as a country you know to really strengthen brand india you know in the global context many a times our positions in 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 what is happening around us in the world are going to determine how strong we emerge as a brand both externally and also internally right within the country so what do you think should be our priorities or how do we really you know strengthen brand india over the next 365 days if that was an open slate given to you what would what would you think we should so i would look at three or four things number one brands you don't buy a brand rajan you buy a benefit you don't go to the market to buy surf you buy the whitest wash it so happens that in your mind over the years surf epitomizes the whitest wash so what are the benefits of india there are many things about india that we have not communicated for instance our tourism sector is in a shambles in terms of communicating globally we may have done incredible india this india that india atithi dev bhave bullshit it hasn't done anything today more people overfly india to fly to thailand or sri lanka than they come to india our internal figures of arrivals are at 9.2 million okay 9.2 million i mean i don't even want to go there france paris gets almost 20 or 30 million people a year our uh, inability to communicate is our biggest disaster number 1 number 2 we have allowed a lot of our cultural institutions to remain in the stranglehold of government including this government people rajan invest in countries they love people invest in countries they are affectionate about people invest in non threatening environments the news that has been coming out occasionally time to time violence here you know deaths there intercommunity you know despair disharmony these aren't good for any brand and these some of it is a large part of fake news some of it is agenda driven but i've never understood why the hell we can't sort this out and we need to communicate 
we need to tell people what the real india is if you need to see there's no point fighting new york times daily if i were you i would make an ally out of my enemy rather than keep pushing the enemy in a spot because then the enemy will say to help with him yeah they've obviously got something to hide you know the point with right wingers is they use masculinity to solve problems rather than their mind so we need to replace masculinity with the mind and then solve problems the other thing is and modi has been right in saying you know global uh, local for global local for global i mean for god's sake over the past 30 years we haven't even been able to do an effective gi positioning for our made in india product categories whether it is tea whether it's spices whatever it is what are we happy about bhai oh ab new york mein indian restaurants hain zarur hain kyunki aapki community hai wahan but does that mean you actually made indian cuisine into this adorable michle star world i mean even the goddamn chinese and the italians have done more with their cuisine across the world than we have so the point is and this is an indian trait which we have to get rid of we are very happy with very little we need to be slightly happy with a lot more you know here every indian who wins a nobel prize he may not have lived in india for the last 30 years he will 100% get a bharat ratna padma bhushan because you want to appropriate ye dekho hamara hi hai he doesn't want to be part of you but you have appropriated him say dekhiye indian as well so my point is be less happy but be concerned about more we are very happy about the little little things this is not traffic light management you know sometimes you're delighted when you don't get a red light across say four traffic intersections we are running a country we're not running a car the other thing is we don't celebrate the goodness in our country and that is a large problem even with our media our media has also become completely you know they have lost the plot this <clears throat> i've never understood rajan why are people so angry in our country we've got to calm the hell down we're an angry country everyone is angry about something i'm also guilty of this because i play to the galleries on television but the point is everyone is angry everyone's pissed everyone say oh this is wrong that is wrong we sadly are becoming a country where we find a problem for every solution we have to change that so there are two compartments to answer your question one is internal recalibration of brand india that will only be done by citizens of india by us by you and me you know someone from fiji or papua new guinea can't come and do it the second is the communication of branded and and i'll give you an example and i'm glad that cii now is headed by someone like cb and you know <clears throat> there's fresh blood you're there narain is there next is sanjeev bajaj these are young people these are people invested in the idea of today's india even the cii's of the world i've noticed of late have now changed their imprint of communication that's important see people need to read what is look at what china does in terms of softball they outspend us by almost 120 times imagine that we have two nehru centers which are disasters they are both pitiable in their agendas as well as you know terrible buildings but in prime real estate we use our embassies and our high commissions to you know tom tom the virtues of india through the eyes of commerce but softpa has been completely ignored we have transferred the responsibility of softpa to bollywood who basically don't care so these these are the things we need to pull back you know when ravi shankar was alive and the beatles and ravi shankar collaborated at that time it created a huge furor but a positive furor because then people understood you for the various vistas you have and it's also a part of a problem of us today if i ask a young indian i'll say beta aap mere ko ye bolo premchand ki kaun si kahani aapko pasand he won't know he won't know dinkar he won't know manu he won't know the name of the vice president of india but he will know rithik roshan's pet name is dubbu so what has happened is we have replaced intellectual genuine intellectualism with what i call convenient academia societies can't be built on convenient academia jo jo sansa jis country mein 
आपने अपनी संस्कृति में इन्वेस्टमेंट नहीं की हो तो आप उसका कैसे हाउ कैन यू इमेजिन इट्स प्रोग्रेस सो ब्रांड्स लाइक कंट्रीज आर एज आई सेड इन माई ओपनिंग रिमार्क्स आर वेरी कॉम्प्लेक्स दे नीड मल्टीपल इन्वेस्टमेंट एट मल्टीपल लेवल्स बट द प्राइमरी इन्वेस्टमेंट हैज टू बी टू माई माइंड इन टू एरियाज इन एजुकेशन ओब्लिक नॉलेज एंड इन हेल्थ केयर यू कैनॉट हैव अ सोसाइटी दैट हैज हाई यू नो मोर्टैलिटी और दैट इज अनेबल टू एजुकेट पीपल बिकॉज ऑफ द लैक ऑफ स्कूल और द लैक ऑफ एजुकेशन और हमारे सोसाइटी में दर इज अ लॉट ऑफ नाम के वास्ते स्टफ है हाँ भाई राजन हेज गॉन टू स्कूल ही हेज गॉन टू कॉलेज ही इज एन एम ए Which is why I love what Modi did with startup. See, please remember, Rajan. Ten years ago, fifteen years ago, if someone came to you or your child came to you and said, "Papa, I want to drop out of college and I want to," you'd be very on. You know, you'd want to kill the person because our matrimonial ads had defined the society we were. The matrimonial ad would say, "Wanted an IAS or IPS or IFS." Today, it really doesn't matter. So I wrote a line many years ago for the National Skills Development Corporation. Hunar hai, to kadar hai. Ham ek aisa society hume banna chahiye jisme hunar ki kadar ho, na ki degree ki. If you respect talent, if you respect ingenuity, if you respect entrepreneurship, if you respect innovation, that is the respect you need. So how are you changing the paradigm? So this is what I say. that when india at 75 marches towards india at 100 we have to be linguistically on par we have to be on par by in 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 the usage of e platforms we have to be on par in terms of an egalitarian edu- educational system we have to be on par in terms of the knowledge filtration and the knowledge dissemination we provide and that's my dream and that's the dream of every indian I cannot dream of an India where even one Indian does not believe in the idea of India. I dream of an India where every Indian believes in one unified idea of India. I be- I dream of an India where I may disagree without being disagreeable. I dream of an India where contrarian views will not be shut down at the altar of intolerance but will be embraced at the altar of inclusiveness. That's the dream I have. no absolutely and, and i think each of those dreams that you've talked about right need some mechanism for all of us as a country to come together to ensure that those outcomes happen right? and and i think you are you know there are some changing trends well in society what you rightly said where i think the biggest one you talked about was the entrepreneurial shift right today i mean i was at a you know convocation ceremony recently of a college and i was giving the The, the, the talk and only one question i asked all the people graduating how many of you want to be job seekers or you know job creators and you'll be surprised 70% of the people put up their hand to become creators and this Absolutely. is coming out not of a management but an engineering and you know a mix that kind of a skill set talent pool having those ambitions and this is very real in india so i think the journey from india at 75 to 100 of what you said us being the body shop or to the world now becoming the product and frontline led tech you very rightly said all those companies you know there are five or six trillion dollar market cap technology companies in the world you know half of them are led by indians and all of them have been built by indians right? indian sweat has gone into building all of those companies you know why they led by indians look at india A lot of people in New York Times and all spoke to me during the COVID time. Oh, deaths are hidden. I said, you know, you can't hide two things in India. You can't hide a wedding and you can't hide a death. Well, everyone knows, and everyone will make it a point to either attend or condole or you know be part of that mantra. So when you pull back and then see, ki bhai, where does the country move forward? We have intrinsic value architectures in our shastras, in our literature. I mean, look at Swami Vivekananda. Swami Vivekananda and Jamshedji Nasirwanji Tata on a ship discussed the birth of the Indian Institute of Science. It wasn't discussing Hinduism. It wasn't discussing anything. You read Sri Aurobindo. 
read the mother read to my mind the most important cerebral mind in the history of the 20th and 21st century jiddu krishnamurthy on whom pupur jaikar wrote that book the seer who walks alone you read all these people see the other thing rajan i hate to say this but i'm going to be 59 we've stopped reading ek zamana tha we used to read because there was a stress level ki beta agar padhega nahi to badega kaise there was a famous hindi song today we stop reading we have become instant gratifiers and instant and seekers of instant gratification but life is not an atm life is like a bank you go to the teller you mark your time you collect your money or you deposit your check you mark your time then you walk there is no easy way to success you know life isn't this whole you know russian roulette or a gamble and today's indians have understood that the entitled indian today is ashamed to be entitled that is a great shift in society today you are embarrassed to break the queue today you are embarrassed to give me a piece me aage chala jaunga there are also pressures of social media so desh badal raha hai insaniyat badal rahi hai bharatiyata badal rahi hai to bharat kyun nahi badlega and if all these things are happening unequivocally with equanimity with a fair level of justice why not i'm the happiest to belong here i would never live in any other country if those buggers paid me zillions of dollars why i find sukoon here you know the smell of the soil ye dharti ugle sona you find it here how will you replace the wafting smells of indian spices or indian sweat how will you replace all that that goes into building that brand that's why i started by saying rajan it's a complex brand because it's a country brand a country brand is a composite whole of culture commerce and compassion it combines the three c's when you combine three c's in any life even in yours in your individual life you will then become an evolved human being aur ek aur baat renunciation we gave to the world whether it is the buddha or whoever it was we gave tyag is an indian word so if you look at our composite culture you look at our contribution to globalization globalization contribution not to be i have a trillion dollar enterprise which has 3000 employees in hungary no globalization is if i've been able to plant seeds of hope not seeds of despair in your mind and in your heart but what i'm delighted about is that the indian has finally begun to recognize his or her contribution that the indian is finally proud of being indian when we can hold our head high and walk into freedom not just like what gurudev tagore said but in a more intrinsic in a more comprehensive in a more combative with compassion man that's the india i dream of i want an india where every indian has the right to dream and can make his dream realizable i dream of an india where aspiration is married with achievement i dream of an india where people can come together to build a harmonious country and not a country that is fractured or fissured or divided and i believe that a country which comes together is a country that hopes there's an old saying a family that eats together stays together we have to be a country that comes together on every issue division is for arithmetic not for society not for cultures certainly not for our country no oh, absolutely and actually multiplication will happen <laughs> and addition will happen when all of those qualities stay you know and and to your point right when you said every indian inherently loves every indian you know the vasudev kutumbakam is absolutely. actually extending to every human being or every living being right so you know the 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 soft power the the ability for india to influence the rest of the world today i mean you look at the west right you take yoga you take mindfulness we have a lot of digital products from india that are you know in those countries are creating massive 
impact on the lives that are transforming people today how the digital is changing the way you live the way you speak the way you think the way you eat you know everything right it's it's impacting that that power you know really being able to unlock that and unleash that at scale i i actually use the word unleash but we literally have to throw it out to the world because the world is waiting for us to do that you know rather than having absolute countries and others who are adapting that from here and taking it out so how do you swell really see us unlocking all this soft power we've talked of many different aspects right from our food to our culture to you know so many things is there i mean again you know specifically what can we do right? so that's a great question brands work to only one advantage when they are targeted at consumers that they identify as consuming clusters the problem with us is we communicate everything under the umbrella brand india but you may not be interested in it you may be interested in yoga so first we need to create clusters of communication based on unique brand differentiators that brand india has my advice to you as the chair of india at 75 and as we go forward to india at 100 is to create a grid where you define these clusters don't just say yoga you give me the benefits of yoga don't say oh you'll be very healthy you'll lose weight bullshit i don't want that i want you to tell me suhail if you do yoga in the indian way or if you do the ayengar yoga there'll be a lifestyle change which will do this 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 number 1 number 2 modi has rightly said we must go global with local identify 2 to 3 not 100 consumers have limited mechanisms of absorbing knowledge also and especially in this day of information overload communicate those with veracity with tenacity and with ferocity number 3 make sure that there is a huge engagement in whatever you say or do no point having some government bureaucrat responding to emails or they have no idea which is why i'm saying create partnerships let private enterprise be the engagement platform for those consumers who either have queries or who have solutions who have problems who want those problems addressed blah 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 that needs to be done number 4 identify and track success what happens is we are budget consumers pe itna budget hai ye to spend kar rahe hain nahi to chala jayega no you then track what's working what's not sometimes you will see that a lot of the time you know i gave the line india everywhere for davos many years ago when dr singh was the prime minister we tracked it it worked magnificently for us in davos but people have to start tracking things ye nahi ki bhi ha maine budget spend kar diye now to hell with it and finally the fifth is engage the indian in india about how india is going abroad otherwise there are two indias not to paraphrase veer das but then there are two indias one india where we are like all excited about ourselves and the other india which we are portraying to the rest of the world but look if i don't believe in my india then how the hell will you so you have to make sure that the communication with slight alterations is directed both at the indian in india and is directed at the global citizen the last problem which i find often with india is that we believe ki hum apne diaspora ke sath hi communicate karenge are to hell with it yeah we did a study many years ago i was asked by a bank to do a market study as to why uh, people in that country japan is the country i won't name the bank why people in japan especially the nris were not repatriating funds into india like most nris do you know what i discovered it's a strange thing if you sent a letter to that indian who lives in japan in english and you didn't on the envelope type it in japanese that guy felt that he was being sidelined or marginalized or identified as non japanese whereas that guy only wanted to be more and more japanese then yeah. when we started sending the communication in japanese to this nri opened up so you and i can't understand at times the nuances of consumer behavior and the impactors you remember when the parsis first came out of you know discussed with what was happening in persia and they first landed in nowsari so they sent 
So the king of Navsari sent them a glass of milk. And he's saying, this glass of milk is full. Those Parsis added sugar. And the phrase they used, obviously, in Gujarati was, don't worry, we will get The ghul mil jana is very important. You need to create clusters of, of communities and clusters of consumers where they engage with not just the idea of India, but with the products of India, with the brands of India, with the beliefs of India. But if I don't believe in your capability of doing yoga, why the hell will I come to you? So, these are five important parameters that CII, you, whoever it is, government must address. And look, I'll be honest, I can speak for myself. I have done more pro bono work for governments than anyone else I can imagine. I have never charged them a penny. I never will because I think it's a way of giving back to India. And I know what he's capable of. The other good thing is people who manage brands are impervious to criticism. They're good believers in research, but they're not going to get stopped by one barking dog or by one bit of criticism. Their Modi has an advantage and therefore India has an advantage. <clears throat> See, strong leadership is what defines country brands. Weak leadership can get those brands astray. So we have an advantage. And what we must pray for Rajan is from India at 75 to India at 100, we get a more vibrant, we get a more inclusive, we get a more dynamic political and economic leadership in our country. Not to mention the education prism that we see the country through. I think, I think your education point, right? Universal education, affordable healthcare are the base, you know, parameters which will enable can't do us. Anything without can't it. do anything without that, right? So, what KDWAL has done with public education in Delhi schools is remarkable. That's the other thing we must invest. As a country, we must be graceful. We are pretty graceless. How much would it take for the Prime Minister, anyone, to one day pick up the phone or issue a tweet or a press conference saying, well done, Kejriwal. You know what Kejriwal has done with education at Mohalla clinics is remarkable. What Sharad Pawar has done in Baramati is unimaginable. The point is, Rajan, we don't even celebrate our oasis of excellence. We're so bloody busy criticizing. From a nation of whiners, we've got to become a nation of inspirers. That is the ultimate definition, definitional change that India must embrace. And that requires change at an individual to individual level. Like every it'll happen. Yeah, yeah. It'll happen. Yeah. Parenting is very important only for two reasons: Sanskriti and Sanskar. If you address both these at the parenting level, you're pretty much sorted. Absolutely. And I think realizing that before you even address it, it's so important, which is missing. You know, but your pockets of excellence, right? Becoming meaningful in a country is only when it happens at scale, correct? I mean, so otherwise, I'm are, saying, otherwise, I'm saying, suppose I told Rajan Namani, Baramati me dekho. Uh, From agriculture to artificial intelligence centers, Rajan will say, wow, yeah, why can't I do it in my constituency? Imitation is not just the best form of flattery. It's also the easiest way of scaling up. People don't realize that in business. People are so consumed by the literary phrase that they fail to recognize that replication is also a great way of scaling up. Uh, you don't have to bloody reinvent the wheel. So I'm saying, if you don't wheel to reinvent the wheel, then use this. There are, can I tell you, Rajan, I travel 29 days a month. Every day that I'm out in the field, I'm inspired. I'm humbled by what I learn. I'm enthused by what I see. And I'm dwarfed by the giganticism of the tasks that my fellow country women and countrymen face up to. It is at that time that you feel that you are a pygmy compared to the challenges that the poorest of the poor, that the less privileged have had to face. I'm saying if you want India to succeed, India can have economic prowess and economic power, but nothing will work if it doesn't have empathy. 
we need to become a society, a country, a culture which brings back empathy. We were an empathetic nation. We are an empathetic civilizational legacy. That we need to bring back. So I know we are discussing it on a, on a, on a business chamber platform. But business is nothing if not the harmonious coexistence between commerce and country, commerce and citizen, commerce and compassion. And that is what we, we must bring back. Yeah, and society, I mean, at the core. Absolutely, of that's, the, the, that's the pivot. You and I work for that. You and I work for that. Yeah, you know, Japan is doing a lot around society 5.0, right? They said industry 4.0, okay, will benefit economic thing. But at the end of the day, every citizen in Japan, for example, you know, there's a whole huge kind of, you know, uh, work that is going on around the role of technology in defining the future of society. Right? So, and bringing emotion, empathy with technology, your thoughts. I think that's an excellent point you've made. What happened to Japan post-1942? It was a society that was ravished. Hiroshima and Nagasaki had pretty much wiped out not just two cities, but had wiped out, wiped out Japanese confidence. It had wiped out the belief in capability. It had obliterated landmarks of history. It had, it had emptied out families. It had brought death. You know, come back to what, what uh, uh, Arjun and Krishna are discussing. And Amartya Sen talks about it in his, in his book, The Idea of India, where Arjun asks Krishna that, you know, that in the wake of this war, there'll be death, there'll be widows, there'll be. So Krishna says, Ye dharm ki baat. it's kartavya, it's duty. Come to Japan. When the rebuilding of Japan happened, politically, they were told that they couldn't militarize. What did they do? They pulled back. There was a lot of inclusiveness, a lot of clannishness, but they built a society on the advent of technology. Why? Because technology is borderless. Coming to that word borderless, you must read a book by Kenichi Omhe. He was the managing partner of McKinsey Japan who wrote a brilliant book called A Borderless World. When they built a when they built a society based on technology, the one thing, one thing they lacked, which you alluded to very well, was emotion. Today, they are building that back. What they are building is empathy, not pride. What they are building is access, not arrogance. And what they are building is excellence and not just entry. We need to do that. But the, the difference here is our civilization legacy to hell with the chrysanthemum throne and all of that. But our civilization legacy has enough safeguards in our sanskar, in our shastras, in our whole sanskriti. So we don't need to worry, but we need to work. We need to be assiduous about that. We don't need to be escapist. Societies are built by people who believe in the societies they inhabit, in citizens they coexist with, in communities they live in and clusters they serve. If that happens, it's a unified whole. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think, you know, this this last point that we have, you know, put there, you know, really is bringing together that fabric and that framework within which, you know, we can evolve, you know, to India at 100. And I know, you know, we've talked for 55 minutes and we can go on for hours and there have been so many pearls of wisdom you know, and, and guidance so well that you have brought out through this conversation. I think even a large garland of that or the mala of those pearls will, uh, you know, can continue to grow. But but so much to, to take away from, you know, this conversation. But, you know, at the last point I want to, you know, I want to just ask you and, and, and put for you is that, you know, we talked about people, Indians in India, Indians, you know, outside and you very nicely said it's not about identity, it's about achievement. Today, you know, be it business leaders, 200 politicians are in, of Indian origin and in very powerful positions around the world. You know, we, we see that proliferation of Indian Indianness in different shapes and forms. We talked about that, you know, everywhere in the world. 2047, 
forget the economic i mean everybody's predicting will be you know number third largest economy will india give direction to the world will india indianness really be what the world will stand for and if yes or if not whatever you know it's it's once in a i think lifetime of a country that you have many things working for you i think the time for india while we've had it in the past is now which you and i can probably see in our next lifetime in our in this lifetime you know over 20 years will that happen and what is there one or two things that we should do and we like so i've been asked this multiple times will india dominate will india influence i want india to be a tea bag and i want it to infuse the world with empathy and excellence mired in our civilizational legacy agar us bharatiyata se ya indianness se koi aadmi united kingdom ka prime minister ban jaye ya ya america ka vice president ban jaye kun ke because what is more important is the cultural groundswell that i bring the imprint of behavior that i carry and the emotional maturity and gravitas that i carry that is more important there are two ways of influencing people uh, rajan you know this better than i do i can influence you through power or i can influence you through an embrace of common cultural moorings i would favor the latter because power is transient kal aapke paas hai kal iske paas ho but you can't take away culture you can't take away moorings you can't take away values which is why i'm saying education ko chhodiye embrace knowledge have excellence but embrace empathy believe in india but even more believe in the idea of indianness that is more important for indianness you don't need a passport you don't need an identity a fijian can have indianness in its heart if we define what indianness is that is the dream i have of india today and india tomorrow perfect and you mentioned that earlier to the way of life right indianness in the way every person on this planet lives i think in fact not- you give me an idea you tell all these people at cairon the ad that we will run will be what's your iq what's your indianness quotient that's an ad you run across the world i'm going to take you up on that and you mentioned that we definitely going to engage a lot more and and you've just given me that idea create iq aapka iq kitna hai what's your indianness quotient yeah and we define that and we don't define it the world will define it for us that's it let the world define it absolutely thank you outstanding hour and as i said we could go on and on but no thank you for having me thank you pleasure thank you thank you for listening to cii podcasts